Hello, I'm Ian, TPO on the forums. This is the Doctor Who podcast, and you are most welcome. In this episode of the Doctor Who podcast, we finally get around to discussing and talking about Elizabeth Sladen's association with the show, which spans as far back as 1973, and we've only just finished seeing her final work in Series 5 of the Sarah Jane Adventures. It's something we promised for a great deal of time, I believe, and you know we've really been trying to find the right moment to devote an episode of the Doctor Who podcast to this subject, the work of Elizabeth Sladen in Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane Adventures. Unfortunately, this week, again, we don't have Tom. Um, he, he was to be here with both of us to talk about Elizabeth Sladen, but unfortunately, uh, uh, real life has gotten in the way. Um, so, uh, But he has provided a pre-record for us this week on, on his... Um, memories of Sarah Jane Smith, so we'll be playing that a little bit later. Oh, I never thought I'd be so pleased to see anyone. I think we should come oh. away from the ledge, don't you? Wait a moment. It's you. Of course it's me. Hello, Sarah Jane. No, no, but it's you, you. That's right. No, no, you changed. Remember? You, you became all, uh, um, uh... Teeth and curls? Yes. Yes, maybe I did, but I haven't yet. Oh, I see. No, I don't. Never mind. Yes, well, thank you very much for rescuing me, Doctor. Now perhaps you'll explain why I'm here to need rescuing. Oh, steady on, Sarah Jane. I'm not exactly here by choice either, you know. And what are we doing here? Well, I'll try and explain. Come on, get in the car. In this episode, rather than open up a boring Wikipedia page and, and talk about all of Sarah Jane's adventures with the Doctor her adventures during the series Sarah Jane Adventures, we just thought we'd sit down, James and I will talk to each other, share our favourite memories of Elizabeth Sladen, of Sarah Jane Smith, and also have a little bit of uh, other audio feedback from some, some other people who were just very keen to share their thoughts on the work of Elizabeth Sladen and uh, just, just base an episode around that. Mm, yeah, and it also gives us the opportunity to talk about all three season five stories now of the Sarah Jane Adventures that have gone out on CBBC earlier this year. And again, it's something that we've always looked at on the Doctor Who podcast and also on the WhoCast uh, when we were honoured enough to be sit behind their microphones as well. And I think it is really important to take a look at this. It's a kind of feeder programme, isn't it? I mean, I think parents who are you know, very keen on Doctor Who themselves, who really, really want their children to get into it, but are slightly concerned that certain parts of Doctor Who might be too scary. You know, Sarah Jane Adventures were an absolute godsend for them, because here's basically Doctor Who, the format is based on the classic series of Doctor Who, and it's they, they, they can let them watch it in the security knowing they're not going to be terrified they might be a little bit uncomfortable in places but i think hey that's that's fine 
And I have to say, Trev, I've watched every single episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures since the first one went out on the 1st of January 2007. And I don't think there's one episode that I've really not enjoyed. And I think one of the beautiful things about Liz's work with the Sarah Jane Adventures was she took the role of the Doctor for us in these stories. I mean, one of the old cliches of Doctor Who is that, you know, during the classic era, the, the Doctor was our guide through the episodes, that he, he was always there. He, he was there to protect the downtrodden and, you know, people who were being invaded. We come to the Sarah Jane Adventures, which, as you said, did start at the beginning of 2007, and Sarah Jane takes on the Doctor role, and, and she takes on the role of the mother for this series. She, she really is, you know, the matriarch motherly role for the entire five series of, of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah, I think you could probably argue that the monsters and the alien incursions and all of the things that the characters deal with are almost a subplot to Sarah Jane's development as a mother. And I, I think that's really interesting. You start looking particularly at the, the last couple of episodes where she basically gets a second child uh, in the form of Sky then she's really taken to motherhood like a fish to water. And whilst I think that's an interesting journey to go on uh, as a viewer, I think for people like you and me, Trev, I mean, I, I have had difficulty at times reconciling the character that we see now with the character we saw on our screens in, in the 70s with Pertwee and Tom Baker. I don't think it's completely unbelievable uh, to think that the character we're seeing now is the same as we saw in the 70s. But you have to bear in mind, and I, I think this is correct, the character's got 40 years older and she, start, she started mothering a teenager, um, presumably in her late 50s, early, early 60s. I think the Sarah Jane Adventures treats the character of Sarah Jane a lot more intelligently than they did when she appeared with the David Tennant Doctor in School Reunion. I mean, I had a really big problem in that story where we were presented with a Sarah Jane that um, almost was like a love-torn teenager that really never got over being separated from the fourth Doctor at the end of Hand of Fear. But you fast forward to the Sarah Jane Adventures um, in 2007 and we have a character that doesn't seem to be affected by that, that she is taking on this very paternal role to these children in the story. And, and once that cast settles down to the core cast, there's some wonderful interactions going on there that really reinforce that family aspect of the show. I, th I think it's true to say the family aspect of the show is is probably the central premise and I, I think along with Sarah Jane adapting to that yeah I think that's probably why the show is so popular and people can access it young and old alike. School Reunion for me was it was like a problem that was addressed 30 odd years after the problem was caused in The Hand of Fear and for me I mean yes The Hand of Fear was a fascinating ending and it's certainly a very original way for a companion to depart but my goodness, that would traumatise someone, wouldn't it? Suddenly being taken through time and space and and then no, just dropped no. off. And I think the end of School Reunion addressed that head on where the 10th Doctor really did give her a proper goodbye scene and therefore Sarah Jane was able to move on after School Reunion and, and went on to become a mother. One thing I, I take away from the character of Sarah Jane, and it's really down to Elizabeth Sladen's performance, is that she is a very headstrong character. She knows what she wants. She she isn't, in my opinion, what was characterised or what was, I, I suppose, theorised as what she was like in School Reunion. She's not this 
I don't know, love-struck teenager that's fawning after this man she can never really have. She left at the end of Hand of Fear very resolute. She was disappointed, yes. But she said, well, okay, I'm going. I'm going to put my owl in my hand. I'm going to get out of the TARDIS and off I go. She got out of the TARDIS at the end of Hand of Fear and, and she wasn't crying. No. She, she wasn't upset. She was angry with the Doctor because the TARDIS hadn't taken her to the right point. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> again, she, she'd been dropped off in the wrong point and presumably she had to have a very lengthy uh, trip to get back home. Well, we, we found out later it was actually Scotland, wasn't it? <laughs> Which I thought was even funnier. But I thought it was quite a defiant look because originally I don't think the character of Sarah Jane really believed the Doctor was going to just leave her there. So so she went along with it. She almost packed her suitcase in the same way a teenager would pack their suitcase after they've had an argument with their parents. You know, they're not really intending to go. The difference was that the fourth doctor actually did say, yes, you need to leave. And that's when she went. And even if she was OK with it at the end of Hand of Fear, she's had 40 years to think, where the hell is that bloke? gone you know he never came back he he really did abandon me and that would screw with your mind I'm absolutely certain so when she did see the 10th doctor again all those years later then as as time has a habit of doing it deletes all of the really stressful and all of the bad things or it kind of nullifies them in the memory so all she's left with is this wonderful period of time that is referred to in the Sarah Jane adventures many times that she spent with the Doctor. And that's all she remembers. And she thinks, oh, I might have an opportunity here again. So although it did come across as love struck, and you're, you're quite right about that, I think it's quite easy to figure out how the character could be brought to that point where mm. she was almost mm. gushing at the start, where she realises it was uh, the Doctor. I think that's why I appreciate her work in the Sarah Jane Adventures a lot more. Mm. Sure, the actual series itself wasn't for me because I'm, you know, I'm a grizzled forty-year-old uh, watcher of sci-fi TV. He's really grizzled, listeners. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> um, but it showed a character that had regained control of her life. Yes. That yeah. she she was confident, she was secure, she was able to take on that guiding role for the characters that were involved in her life. You know, her, her neighbour across the road, Rani, uh, Clyde, who lived just round the corner, basically. To me, it really seemed to recapture what Sarah Jane was all about, what she'd spent all those years, all the way back from, you know, the... Uh, Time Warrior back in 1973, all the way up to when she left in uh, Hand of Fear. I, I I know what you mean, and I think you're right. I, I do like the character of Sarah Jane in both eras, um, back in the 70s and also now. And I, I like the way the production crew, of course, are very, very familiar with her time on a classic show as well. And I don't think they've had to put any research into that. I think they were fans of the show. And you can tell that just by looking around her attic and this was particularly evident within the first series you you saw bits and pieces from her time uh, with the doctor littered littered around just left there it wasn't a plot point wasn't mentioned there was no real need to have them there if it wasn't to try and keep the the audience who were you know the the, the ones who appreciated those kind of things were much older than its target market and and I I've been I've been fortunate enough to go and see two screenings, two advanced screenings of the Sarah Jane Adventures. The first one was at the uh, British Film Institute on the South Bank, and that was to see Matt Smith's debut in that series, or well, turned out to be his only appearance in the series. And also a little bit later to go and see the preview of Sky at the IMAX. But 
yeah, it's. I think the audience and the appeal of the Sarah Jane Adventures uh, is, is all encompassing. And uh, as I said at the outset, if if I really want some modern classic Who, then it's the Sarah Jane Adventures I go to, not the modern day series of Doctor Who. Somewhere in all of that. What is all of that? Transmissions from radio, TV, satellite. That's every signal, every energy source on the planet. It's the sound of the Earth. Noisy, are I'm afraid I can't locate the energy trace, Sarah Jane. Okay, then what kind of alien energy is it? I regret I do not have that information, Ronnie. Leave it to me. You've got school tomorrow morning. You go home and get some sleep. I just made teas. Well, good, because this could be a late one. Come on, pop it. One of the great tragedies of you know the life of, of Elizabeth Sladen was she only had the chance to record essentially three stories for what was to be the final series of Sarah Jane Adventures. We had Sky, The Curse of Clyde Langer, and The Man Who Never Was. So essentially uh, we ended up with half a season of Sarah Jane Adventures, and that's, that's one of the great tragedies, I suppose. It's something we uh, haven't, as of yet, talked about on the Doctor podcast. And uh, James, I just wanted to get your thoughts on what you thought of the uh, final three stories of the uh, Sarah Jane Adventures. Ooh, Brilliant. But in all fairness, I've, I've thought every episode I've seen... Uh, no matter what series, were, were very, very good indeed. But these three were very strong. And I, I think if, if you've got to look at them within the, that context, you know, how, which one was the best? And I think the finale was probably the strongest. Um, Sky, I, I, I quite liked. I didn't have a clue that there was going to be a new child actor or a new character introduced who was basically there kind of to replace Luke, I think, um, I mean, Luke was in it as well, uh, very briefly, and he's been on the webcam several times. But I, I think the reason why they had to kind of bring in a, a younger character was to make certain that the show did still appeal to young children. And uh, because basically you were having a group of actors who were playing characters who are much younger than them. And I think it did give that little bit of a refresh. It was a nice... Um, it was a nice surprise because I wasn't spoiled by that when I saw um, uh, saw it play out on screen. But I think it was probably the weakest of the three stories. Still strong, still enjoyable, um, but I, I didn't enjoy it as much as the other two. But uh, but how about you? What did you think of the character of Skye and uh, the story in which we saw her introduced, uh, particularly the beginning of it, where we had probably the best special effects sequence we've seen in Sarah Jane Adventure so far? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, actually, because I approached these last three stories which comprise season five knowing that the character of luke you know had headed off to university mm. and all the characters were getting older it would have been really fascinating to see what they could have done with an extended series five or e- even a series six knowing that from like what you say james that we really have to have young characters in the sarah jane adventures you have to wonder whether um, characters like Clyde or Riley would have been replaced for Series 6. Not because they weren't any good, but because you have to keep that young dynamic in there. Watching some of the episodes of Sarah Jane Adventures this week, seeing the difference between Clyde when he was around in Series 1 compared to what we're seeing now in um, Series 5, it, they, they do grow up very quickly. Like you say, James, I think Sky was a reaction to that. They were trying to introduce younger, fresh blood into the uh, um mix of it so that they had that succession there that they were having that progression of characters to continue on if if the series did indeed go to um 
you know, like a full series and a six series. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're quite right. The plans were always there to have a complete season five, and it was just split. The production was split. They'd done the first six episodes, and they were due to record the last six episodes a little bit later. And unfortunately, Liz Sladen was uh, was just not well enough uh, to do any of the recording. So what they, what they've done fundamentally is tried to make this a mini series, and I know they re-edited bits of the final story to try and give it a kind of conclusion feel to it. And I, I think it works to a degree, but it's a shame really that you get a new character introduced you know, who's features in just six episodes or three stories mm. because she's got real promise, I think, as well. She was different enough uh, from the other characters there. There were clearly comparisons that you could make between her and Luke. I mean, Luke is a synthetic human and Sky was, I'm quite sure, she was an, an alien whose growth was accelerated the stories are getting stronger they're becoming more imaginative i think gareth roberts writes brilliantly uh, for children and he, you know his books are very very accessible as well they're they're strangely one of the most intricately plotted or uh, one of the most intricately plotted stories that you get to see in the sarah jane adventures so they are quite complex and yet they're also the most accessible i feel and uh, seeing, you know, the reaction from the viewers on, on some of the forums, they're the ones that the kids seem to really respond to because he's always got a really contemporary um, issue, like uh, the, the final story in this season, uh, The Man Who Never Was. It's all about computers, iPads, tablets, uh, and it's and it's got a degree of comedy in it as well, which I have to say is... Uh, it, it made me laugh. Um, I, I know it, maybe I've just got a teenager's or a uh, a, a pre ten year old sense of humour, uh, but I, I found some of those scenes much funnier than I do some of the humour attempted in in Doctor Who. Of course, she's familiar to modern audiences uh, being part of the Sarah Jane Adventures, but of course. To anyone over a certain age, she will always be Sarah Jane Smith from the classic series of Doctor Who. And um, we've got someone here to share their thoughts on their favourite story from the classic era. This is Michelle from the Doctor Who podcast forum. One of my favourite Sarah Jane Smith stories is The Brain of Morbius. It's a wonderful, evocative story, and Elizabeth Sladen gets some great scenes for Sarah starts out with the doctor skulking and Sarah Jane being charming and silly and trying to draw him out. It's lovely banter, and it shows good friends at ease with each other. In this story, Sarah Jane gets to be lovely and brave and clever. For instance, uh, fairly early in the story, the doctor falls for the old drug-in-the-wine trick, but Sarah doesn't. She's smart enough not to fall for it. She fakes unconsciousness, and she is later able to single-handedly rescue the doctor, which is great fun. But she's blinded in the process. Now, Elizabeth Sladen is extraordinary as she plays Sarah Jane coming to terms with her blindness. She doesn't know if it's temporary or permanent, and she's scared and brave all at once. There are also great moments of tenderness between the doctor and Sarah. In fact, eventually the doctor returns to the people who are trying to kill him simply to ask them to help Sarah get her sight back. He's essentially willing to give his life not to save her life, but just to save her vision. And it's beautiful. Of course, meanwhile, back at the spooky castle, being blind doesn't slow our Sarah Jane down at all. She still manages to overhear the bad guy's plans and even to trap him in his own workroom. 
And then she begins to stumble back across the wasteland to go warn or rescue the doctor. It's, it's great stuff. He gives himself for her. She gives herself for him. For me, this is Doctor Who at its best. Thank you, Sarah Jane. Thank you, Elizabeth Slayton, for giving so much to so many of us for so long. I still want to grow up to be just like you. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Uh, those of you who thought um, the voice was familiar, it was indeed. It's, uh, it's Michelle, one of our moderators over on the Doctor Who podcast forum. And, and, and I have to say, a very moving uh, tribute, really, uh, to, to, to Liz Sladen. And I agree. I think Brain of Morbius is probably one of Liz Sladen's strongest classic era stories. Brain of Morbius is one of those stories where she does get a chance to shine, where she gets to show her resourceful, determined side, mm. especially when she's blind for, I think, pretty much most of episode three or two or something like that. Not only is she a determined character, Elizabeth Sladen herself shows what an incredible actress she is, you know, working with the material she has, that she has to play a blind character. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you're right. I think the strengths of Liz Sladen as an actress comes to the fore in the weaker scripts, so it's not so demonstrable, I think, in, in Brain of Morbius, but where, where you look at a story where a writer is still viewing the companion as the, the cipher, really, the person who asks all the questions and says, what's this doctor, what's that doctor, and then goes out on a huge scream after they've fallen over something they really should have seen. Um, <laughs> I, I think Liz Sladen still manages to carry that off really really well and within the next scene do something completely innovative uh, compared to the remainder or past companions um, you know and I think the way that she manages to develop a rounded character who is capable of, of screaming um, and also capable of coming up with a solution to rescue the doctor and I, I think is great and I think that's probably the original concept of the character uh, when I'm assuming it was Barry Letts created her if you even look at stories like terror of the zygons yes. which opened season 13 <laughs> you have a writer i mean however good robert Banks stewart is and of course he wrote the, the fantastic story seeds of doom but certainly in terror of the zygons he doesn't really know what to do with his two companions he treats harry incredibly badly in the writing of the story he gets virtually nothing to do and sarah jane sort of has a bit of that effect too but Elizabeth Sladen, the performer she is, she has some fantastic scenes in this story that really rise above the rather, you know, one might say pedestrian writing of um, Terror of the Zygons. Um, the, the, the fantastic scene in it where she's pursuing the uh, um, facsimile Harry slash Zygon into the barn and has to confront him as, uh, as, as the Zygon tries to kill her. Incredibly intense scene, and, and it's all really down to um, the way... The, the Sarah Jane character is reacting mm. to this menace. Yeah, and it's funny because that particular story is one that's got quite a lot of humorous lines in it as well for Sarah, and it's a really good example of showing the range of her acting because she does, you know, especially the initial scenes with the brigadier in the bar with a doctor in a kilt, you know, and uh, I think, you know, there's there's a lot of humorous exchanges going on there, and as you quite rightly say, when you put it against the scene where she's required to convey real terror, she does that very effectively as well. And that's the kind of thing that you don't see in modern-day Sarah Jane. You never see Sarah scream or completely lose control. And that's because of what you said at the outset. She's taking on the lead role, the doctor role. She's in control, she's in charge, and she's had 40 years' worth of experience. And for me, 
I do I do like the Sarah Jane Adventures. I think I've made that quite clear already. But there will never be a better time uh, to watch Sarah Jane than in those early Tom Baker stories. Uh, for me, they're, they're really, really good. This is probably a perfect point to throw it to another bit of our feedback we've received uh, from Ian, who's, uh, again, another one of our moderators from the DWP forums. And he explains why it's so difficult for him to uh, pick a favourite Sarah Jane adventure. Hi, this is Ian. When James first asked me to do a piece on Elizabeth Sladen, his request was that I talk about my favourite Sarah Jane story. And to be honest, it was difficult because I don't really have one. My earliest memories of Doctor Who are when Lily was the companion, when I was a very small child. So she was never my companion. I didn't grow up with her the way some fans have done. But Sarah Jane was always there in the background. When I first decided that I was a fan of Doctor Who, and I started watching it all the time, the next story to be broadcast was The Five Doctors with Sarah Jane Smith. And then a few years later, VHS video came along and the first video to be released was Revenge of the Cybermen. And I can remember watching that over and over again from the local video store and Sarah Jane Smith is there. Some of my favourite stories, Genesis of the Daleks, Pyramids of Mars, that I would watch in that era when we had the videos were all Sarah Jane stories. And then later when DVD first came along, the first DVD to be released was The Five Doctors again with Sarah Jane. And whenever, over those years before the internet, that you would read a magazine or a book or see a documentary about Doctor Who, it would always talk about Sarah Jane. She was always there as one of the sort of touchstones of what Doctor Who was. And so when the new series came along, it seemed entirely natural that Sarah Jane Smith would come back and meet the new Doctor and, and create one of the more positive bonds back to the old series that we've seen. Uh, and then, of course, she went on to create the Sarah Jane Adventures, which I haven't until recently seen. Uh, I knew they were out there. And it seems somehow right that a new generation of children had Sarah Jane Smith introducing them to the Who universe and the things that we all love. And so it was with great sadness that I heard about her passing earlier this year. Far more sadness than I expected or would have expected. I've not seen more of Elizabeth Sladen's stories than other companions. Uh, I couldn't say that all my favourites were her stories, but somehow she's just woven into the fabric of what Doctor Who is in a way that I don't think many other companions are. And I was very upset when I heard the news. I've recently started watching the Sarah Jane Adventures with my two boys, and even now, some months later, I get a moment of sadness when Liz comes on screen for the first time, knowing that she's gone. But it's only fleeting, because she brings such energy and fun to her performance that you have to enjoy it. You have to just get lost in the story and, uh, and smile. So often her performance just makes you smile. Uh, we've definitely lost something important within Doctor Who, but at least we have a huge amount of material to look back on and enjoy for the future. Thanks for the feedback, Ian. Much appreciated, mate. It's almost unfair to choose a favourite Elizabeth Sladen's story. She's just such a fantastic performer that um, I think we have to take her whole career as Sarah Jane Smith and just talk about it like we have been here. Well, bearing that very, very profound statement in mind there, Trev, and I do agree with you, and in the spirit of complete fairness, what's your favourite Sarah Jane adventure? <laughs> or what's your oh. favourite classic story <laughs> that she's appeared in? I don't have one. To, I mean, it, 
I I knew you'd be asking me this, and it, it's a really unfair question, I and and I wish you hadn't asked me that, James. But I mean, I mean, for me, I think I probably have to go back to my favourite story from that era, and I think it's very, very difficult to beat the Time Warrior mm. because it's the story that introduces the character of Sarah Jane Smith to the series, and it lays in place a lot of the things that you know, we, we come to expect from that character throughout her entire run, all the way up to Hand of Fear, that she's a journalist, she spends a lot of time researching, and that's something that's really peppered throughout her time in Doctor Who, that she's the character that will dig and, and find that result. I mean, I'll, I'll hark back to Terror of the Zygons again. You know, the Doctor basically says, stay in the Duke's castle, try and find a reason or, or try and find some reference to the Loch Ness Monster in the Duke's uh, books, There's a Good Girl. And that really ties back to her journalistic experience, that this is what Sarah Jane is. At her heart, she's a journalist. She is very determined. She She's looking for that answer all the time, that she's she has that interesting angle to um, every situation. I'll turn the tables back on you, since we're in the spirit of unfairness here at the moment, oh. James. What's your favourite Sarah Jane story? Well, I thought you might ask me that, Trevor. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got three, um, one of which you've already talked about, which is the Time Warrior, and I agree with you completely. And there's, there's not a great deal more I can I can add to that. Uh, but the the other stories that I think she's particularly strong in are pivotal in terms of what the series is doing at the time. And Planet of the Spiders, I, I really like the way Liz plays Sarah. Again, very confident, mm. very in charge. She's the one who's still got these tenuous connections with Mike Yates, who at this point, you know, is removed from UNIT. And I, I just like the scenes with the pair of them, particularly when they're they're driving to to the house in the car. They've got good dialogue going on, and and Sarah Jane by then is one hundred percent a character in her own right, and I think she established that character probably quicker than a lot of her predecessors. And the other story I was going to mention was Robot. For a lot of the same reasons, she's given the task. Liz Sladen and Nick Courtney are given the task of temporarily carrying the audience from the old Doctor's era into the new Doctor's era. And she does it with aplomb. She still manages to have to be rescued by the Doctor, which works nicely. And I like the kind of Fay Ray role that she takes on, uh, as opposed to Robots King Kong. It, it just works really, really well for me. And if I want to go and see a very strong Sarah Jane classic story, though one of those three... One of those three stories, the ones that I'll go and revisit. Tell Sir Edward we're back. No. You've been getting around, Sarah. Are you on visiting terms with all the local nobility? Doctor, let's get a few things straight, shall we? Oh, dear. You know, I'm afraid you're going to be awfully confused if you ask me to explain about the TARDIS. The TARDIS? Yes, my police box. You were a stowaway, I imagine. Uh, yes, but we'll come to that later. Now then, why are you helping Irongrom? My dear girl, I'm not helping him. Lynx is. I'm trying to stop him. Lynx? Yes, perhaps you're lucky enough not to have met him yet. Nasty, brutish and short, just about sums him up. There was a strange-looking knight with Iron Yes, he'd have looked even stranger if he hadn't been wearing space armour. He comes from a planet where the surface gravity is many times that of Earth. A man from the stars? Mm Mm-hmm. How do I know you're telling the truth? Because I never lie. Well, hardly ever. Even before 
the return of Doctor Who was a possibility. And it, certainly before we started thinking about the return of former companions, Big Finish had already gone there. And we'd had two series of Sarah Jane Smith stories. There were nine stories in total. And they were very, very different uh, to, to what we eventually saw uh, on television for Sarah Jane. And they were quite unique. And they were about an hour or so in length. And they're still available. You can go and have a listen to them now. And all nine stories do tell a much longer story. But Trev, have, have you been able to take a listen uh, to anything that Liz Sladen recorded for Big Finish? Now, I, I must admit I haven't. I, I'm certainly not as well versed in Big Finish as you are, James. Um, but um, certainly it's something I will have to check out very soon. Well, one question I had as, as someone who hasn't heard them is um, where did they go with the Sarah Jane character? Knowing this was, uh, you know, pre-Sarah Jane Adventures in 2007, what did they do with the uh, uh, character of Sarah Jane? Yeah, that's, that's quite interesting. Um, they, they did continue with her career as a journalist, as you would expect, I would say the character that we got in the Big Finish stories was more true to the character we saw on television. She certainly had a slightly more developed sense of humour. And and again, this is absolutely no criticism of the way Liz Sladen played it in the TV series, but she wasn't as, as proper, if you know what I mean. She was a bit more laid back, a little bit more in line with the character that we saw with, um, with John Pertwee and Tom Baker. But... It was all focused around her profession. All of her, all of the characters that starred alongside Sarah Jane Smith in the audios were all involved in either journalism or media in some way, and that was that was good, I have to say. So it was Sarah Jane for adults. I think the target audience was very different to the Sarah Jane Adventures, and there was people like you and me, Trev, who who missed her and missed Sarah Jane. And this was basically, you know, some kind of nice dessert with lots of cream and chocolate on it given to us. Because, and they could do it because it was such a small audience compared to um, the eventual audience of the, of the televised adventures. And of course, too, um, she was to feature alongside Tom Baker in the Big Finish range. Uh, Tom being a very recent addition to the uh, Big Finish canon. And of course, she was to appear aside uh, Tom Baker's Doctor in, in some upcoming audios. But of course, they never happened. Uh, Tom had already recorded some uh, audios with another companion Louise Jameson who played Leela and Sarah Jane was to be the next companion to feature with the Tom Baker Doctor in the Big Finish range but now that will never happen and that's a real great tragedy. It is a real shame it's a huge huge shame I would love to have had Big Finish pair up Liz Sladen with uh, with Tom Baker again it would have been for me the most anticipated companion Doctor reunion that Big Finish have uh, Mm. been able to to orchestrate and it's it's a terrible shame that it's it's not going to happen now. But uh, having said that, it's I think it's really encouraging again. And, and it shows commitment that Liz Sladen had to the character that she was prepared, even after her phenomenal success on television, to return to Big Finish just to pair up with Tom Baker again. And you know that that's basically a fan thing. And um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just so pleased the way she interacted with fans. Uh, the fan base, and she was just a very, very dignified individual, and uh, she'll be missed. Typical you. It's always Sarah Jane knows best. Yeah, well, who's being paranoid now? Oh, you keep shutting us out, Sarah. We have got 16 hours to stop this gas attack, and you two are too busy shouting at each other. 
That's right. We've, we've all been under a lot of strain. We need to work together. Well, how can we? If you trust some intelligent spook more than you trust us, you use people, Sarah. <gasps> and I'm sick of being one of them. That's not fair. Josh, where are you going? <laughs> to find Ellie. Josh! <sighs> Don't worry, he'll come back. I'm not worried. You should be grateful I'm not involving him more. We had Elizabeth Sladen tragically taken away from us in April this year, and, and it's still something that resonates throughout fandom, even to this day when we're recording. It's, it's something that we've wanted to do here at the Doctor Who podcast for a, a good many months, and we, we finally found the right time to do it. I've mentioned before that every Doctor Who fan has their Doctor, but to a greater extent, every fan has their companion too. We can't underestimate the importance of that, as the companion is the person who, in the mechanics of the show, that we are supposed to identify with, and who's meant to represent us. Speaking personally, Sarah Jane was my companion. She was the perfect blend of courage and independence, intelligence and loyalty, and as has been said by many others, the perfect match for Tom Baker in those golden moments at the beginning of his time as the lead actor. It was sad to see her leave the show in 1976, but electrifying to see her return in school reunion all those years later, and it's a testament to the strength of Liz Sladen's acting that she returned to her own series with a confidence, certainty and level of success that no other human companion could realistically hope to emulate. It's said that radio and TV waves radiate out from the Earth into space, travelling out across the galaxy through the stars and on into infinity. So... Somewhere in the cosmos, in every real sense, Liz Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith is battling the Time Warrior, setting foot on the planet of evil, running between the pyramids of Mars and clutching the hand of fear on a million endless Saturday nights. So there's no need to say goodbye to Liz Sladen, because she's out there among the stars, even now. And Sarah Jane Smith? Well... She's alive and well in the safest place of all, in our imaginations and in the imaginations of children, where she'll stay for the longest time yet. So thank you, Liz. And Sarah Jane, we'll see you really soon. Yeah, a, a great loss to the Doctor Who community, um, taken from us very suddenly. She was a very private woman. We didn't really know that she was ill. Mm. All this has come out pretty much um, afterwards, and if you have a read of her most excellent autobiography... While she doesn't give away a lot about her private life, there's still plenty there for uh, Doctor Who fans to enjoy and, um, I, I suppose, pay tribute to um, you know, the life of Elizabeth Sladen, an actor that will be tragically missed from the Doctor universe. So um, thank you, Liz. Thank you for all your time. That's our tribute to Elizabeth Sladen, um, Sarah Jane Smith. An incredible loss, as I said, for the Doctor Who community and, and somebody that we will miss tragically because she was taken from us so quickly, so suddenly. And, uh, yeah, uh, everyone who's listening to this show now, go out, find your favourite Sarah Jane story, whether it's a Sarah Jane adventure, whether it's Canine and Company, whether it's The Five Doctors, whether it's Dimensions and Time, or whether it's something from her incredible back catalogue from the classic era and just spend an hour or two with 
Sarah Jane Smith and um, just marvel at what a fantastic actress she was. But we have to look forward in the Doctor Who podcast and next week we are on to, I, I suppose, some different ground. We're going to be doing a very interesting episode on the DWP's take on the Cybermen. What do you wanted to know about the Cybermen but were afraid to ask? That's what the next Doctor Who podcast is going to be all about. Absolutely. So if you have any thoughts on the Cybermen since they've been brought back to the show in 2005, then feel free to send those comments, those thoughts, those ideas, what worked, what didn't work, into us at feedback at the Doctor Who podcast dot com. And Trev, next week, I look forward to talking to you all about Pete's World Cybermen, Cyber Cybermen, <laughs> Real Cybermen, what Cybermen were they in the next Doctor? Basically, we're talking Cybermen. But Trevor, one last thing before we go, one last thing, just because we're talking all things Cybermen next week, that does not mean we can talk about teeth. No more teeth. We're never talking about cyber teeth in Cybermats on the Doctor Who podcast again. Just wanted to make that clear. Oh, well, I'll see you next week for a bit of silver talk, eh? Oh, can't wait, mate. Looking forward to it already. Bye, Trev, and bye everyone out there who's foolish enough to still be listening to this. Bye, listeners. You're awesome. Enjoy Elizabeth Sladen. Enjoy Sarah Jane and spend a bit of time with her this week. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye. Bye for now. That was the Doctor Who Podcast, which you can find at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. If you have any feedback, please send it into feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and via the Doctor Who Podcast forums. Thank you for listening. Take care.